Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Purposeful Parenting. Today will be a little different because what I want to do is share with you something that has been going on in my life recently. But even though it's something going on in my life, it will be something that will reinforce to you the importance of realizing that you are teaching your children in all aspects of life. In his book, 50 Things Every Child Needs to Know Before Leaving Home, Josh Mulhill shares about his mom suffering from and dying from ALS, which is a very painful and horrible way to die. After he received the news about his mom's death, he wrote a message to the congregation that he pastored. And he wrote, and I quote, I often remind you that God is sovereign and in control, faithful and our rock. I continually say that storms and life will come, along with suffering and hard times. If you have not experienced them yet, you will at some time. I also talk about how it would be a foolish act to turn our back on God in hard times in life, because that is when we need him most and will come to know him better. Recently, God has given me the opportunity to grow in faith and live by what I preach. He goes on to say, I could say these words because my parents provided me and prepared me to suffer. When suffering came, as it will for your child, it didn't destroy my faith but became an opportunity to grow in holiness and glorify God. What your child believes before suffering is critical to help them when suffering comes, unquote. Now, I wanted to share this with you once again, as I mentioned earlier, because of something that I have been going through. You see, earlier this year, in August to be exact, Two of our grandsons were trying out for an international football team, which is much like a soccer team, except it's played indoors. And one of our grandsons made it. Well, when we found out that they were going to be trying out for this, we decided that we would um, meet up in Kansas, where another one of our daughters lives and her family. Well, I was really excited because we were going to be able to get together with two of our four children, and seven of our 11 grandchildren. So I was really excited. Unfortunately, the excitement was short-lived, and it didn't make it. I, In fact, I didn't make it to even one tryout. You see, early that Saturday morning, I awakened with severe back pain and had to be taken to the emergency room. After a number of tests were done, the PA that came, and she was absolutely outstanding, 
she came out, and I could tell from her demeanor that it wasn't good news. And she handed me the paper to show it to me. Well, as I looked at it, she knew my background. And as I looked at it, all the words just seemed to run together. And I couldn't really read it. So she took it back. And she said, the diagnosis is that you have pancreatic cancer. Now, no one ever rehearses how they will respond when someone tells them that they have a disease like this. You know, I had practiced things like fire drills with our kids when they were little and told them how to get out of the house and where they would go and where we would meet up. I had even practiced in my mind over and over and over again what I would do if somebody ever tried to make me get in a car and take me away. I knew what I was going to do and how I responded. In fact, I had done it so much, I just knew that it would be automatic because I had rehearsed it in my head. But a diagnosis of cancer? No, I had never rehearsed that. So when she told me that, I simply said, so what do we do next? Well, I can tell you it hasn't been easy. We set up a plan. My husband was there with me the whole time. Our children, even our son, from he was heading to Turkey to be stationed there for a year. He even came to join us, and all of them were there when the doctor was deciding the plans and how we were going to attack this. You see, we had always told our children that family was important and that we needed to stick together and that we needed to enjoy each other when good times and then when bad times came, we needed to make sure we were there for each other. And I have to tell you, they were there. And my husband, Dennis, I tell people that he has been my visible rock, just as God has been my invisible rock. There were times when I was in so much pain, I couldn't imagine how I would get through the night. And I'd be throwing up and wondering, Lord, why am I going through this? But I'm thinking, why not me? And just as soon as I would think that, I'd think, you know, Father, you have been one that has done over and abundant things for me. I have been so blessed. You sent your son to suffer and to die for me. What I am going through is absolutely nothing compared to what he went through. And you know, God has honored his promise. He promised that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And there are times when I can almost physically feel him beside me. And one time, my prayer had always been, if something ever happens to me, I want to be able to have people always see that I am a believer, that God lives on the inside of me, that Jesus is inside of me. And one night, I was up throwing up. I just knew my eyeballs were going to pop out of my head or they were just as red as they could be. The next day I had an appointment with the doctor and I'm sitting there and the curtain was open and a lady passed by and she stopped and she looked and she said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And all I could think of was that was God's way of letting me know that he had helped me to show the Jesus inside of me.
And I am so thankful for that. Anyway, she sat there for a while and, and we talked and I told her yes. And she said, because your face is glowing. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's because of the red eyes that I had because of throwing up the night before. But that was just such a confirmation to me. And it just gave me the strength to know that Jesus is keeping his promise. He is there with me. He never promised that I wouldn't suffer, but he did promise that he would be right there beside me. And he has kept that promise. There are some things that we have to remember, parents, that your children are watching absolutely everything you do. And they are watching how you suffer. Just like that minister told his congregation that his parents had prepared him to suffer. My parents had prepared me too. My dad lived to be 105 years old. And needless to say, there were times when he was sick and in pain. But the only thing I would ever hear him say was, Lord, have mercy on me. My mother had several strokes, and I don't even know if I ever heard her groan. I watched them suffer as though Jesus, not as though, but knowing that Jesus was right there. They never turned his, their backs on him, and they never, ever questioned what they were doing, what was being done in their lives. So teach your children at an early age that they are going to suffer, and in suffering, they need to know who is with them. God created the world, but it was broken when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. The world is not as it should be. So there's going to be death, and there's going to be disease, and there's going to be natural natural disasters. But teach your children that it's not because of God, that God loves them, and that suffering and pain came into the world through sin, and you can read about that in Romans 8.20. Teach them that everyone suffers because we live in this broken world. The Bible tells us in John 16.33, in the world you will have tribulations, but you know those who trust Jesus should expect to suffer even more, but they should also expect that he's going to be right there with them. Children need to be prepared to be mistreated because of their faith in Christ. But they also need to have that faith in Christ. And parents, it's up to you to give it to them. And also, they need to know that God is good and and sovereign. And children need to be saturated with the nature and the character of God and to know that he will never leave them and to know that he is right there with them. Children need to believe that suffering does not exist because of God and that God is not helpless and that he is not unloving. God is good and God is in control and they need to be taught that and they will be taught that by watching you and listening to you. And this is true in good times and it's true in difficult times. God is good and God is in control. Teach them to proclaim the gospel, to, that suffering refines us. And think in terms of a pearl. Teach them that that beautiful pearl comes about because of a speck of sand that's inside an oyster or clam or whatever that thing is that grows <laughs> pearls. 
Also, that they need to know that a day is coming when there will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain and no more tears and no more sorrow and no more injustice and no more death. Revelations 21 tells us that, 4 through 5, those verses. And we should model and trust and hope in the midst of our suffering. And once again, parents, your children are watching you. When, when you get hurt, do you call out the Lord's name in vain? Don't do that. If that's something that you've been doing, then it's something that needs to be stopped. There is something that I came across recently. I was prompted to read the book of Habakkuk, and I, I knew the book existed, but I had never spent much time reading that one. But there's a beautiful verse in there that is really poetic, and it speaks to my heart even more. And I hope I can read this without, without crying. It's Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. Listen closely to this. And it says, Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields, and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Parents, teach your children how to suffer and how they need to learn to rejoice. And the only way they can do that is by watching you. Bad times are going to happen. They're not always going to be sunshine. There are going to be storms. Let your children see you. Crying, yes, but not turning your back on God. Let them see you being strong and let them knowing that your faith will see you through. Because as they watch you suffer, they will learn to suffer. And they will learn to suffer the way God wants them to. And as always, parents, even in teaching your children how to suffer, you are parenting on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week feel free to invite a friend. Until then, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.